It is uh, so special to be able to hear um, the Christmas story. It's even more special to see it. I've been to a lot of plays through the years, and kids just seem to do it better than we adults um, because it just means something different, um, but it should mean the same to us all. You know, when you were little, um, when you were a kid, um, maybe you're still a kid, so I had to specify the little part. <laughs> uh, when you were a kid, you were all in for the hype and the fervor of Christmas, weren't you? Can you remember uh, a year, I'm sure you can, um, can you remember a year when you wanted something more than anything else, more than you had ever wanted anything else in your life before? Can you remember that thing that you wanted? You saw it in a catalog, you saw it on a commercial, you saw it in the store, and you just, that became everything to you. And, and, and you, know, you know, when we get older, you know, there are bigger problems in the world, and we see that there's bigger needs in the world. And, you know, but when we're kids, it's not that we're selfish it's just that we just see the world through this simple, narrow lens. And, and, and again, maybe, that's, maybe you'd think that's a problem, but you know, when we're kids, that's just how we are, right? And uh, we're very blessed and very fortunate, especially in this country, and it's kind of how most of us are, are, are kind of uh, allowed to be. And, and when, when we're older, you know, we're, we're, we, we, we're so hard to please, but when we're younger, we're so much easier to please. And, and something we think is great and life-changing as a kid, you know, it turns out to be something pretty simple and silly when we get older that we probably could have bought on, on our own. But we buy into the magic of Christmas, this idea that once a year dreams can come true, even if the dreams that we dream as kids are pretty simple and maybe even silly, our imaginations and the wonder of it all really takes our heart to a rare place. You know, uh, we are very fortunate people, and even the very least well-off in America have it, more than, have it better than most in the rest of the world, and we all have more than we could ever need. And, and isn't it true that as we get older and we have everything that we need to get by, there's still nothing that compares to being a kid and getting that one thing that we wanted for Christmas? Am I the only one that feels that way? Uh, I, I don't think I am. Um, it, it's like we can have a hundred of our needs covered. We can have everything we ever could need. And of course, we're very thankful. But the joy isn't the same as the joy we feel, the joy we felt as kids when we got that one thing that we wanted so very badly. Now, I happen to have something here, not... Not for y'all, it's actually for me, but I'll get, that to, get to that in a minute. Um, does anybody still have some of those Christmas gifts that meant everything to you when you were a kid? Maybe you have them and you look at them and you think, why did I get so excited about that? Or maybe you, you look at it and you're like me and you dare someone to touch it um, if, they're, <laughs> if they're in your house. Um, no, I'm, I'm not that way, not over everything. But something that you wanted and you wanted and you hoped and you hoped you'd get, and when you finally got it, it made your day, didn't it? Maybe even made your year. And, and, you know, I happen to have kept a few of those things that I wanted so badly that I wrote on my uh, list every Christmas and hoped and prayed and waited uh, for, um, maybe not so patiently, every Christmas Eve. You know, I, I happen to kept a few things that I got. Um, of course I did, if you know me. Um, and, and I happen to have some of them with me. Uh, of course I do. I carry, with them, I carry them with me all the time. They're in my car at all times. Um, no. But when I was four years old, um, now y'all know me, y'all know all about my story when I was born. When I was four years old, I had just seen a movie that changed my life. It's not the movie you're thinking about. We'll get to that. I had just seen The Lion King, and I loved it. I, sent, I, had, a, I had one of those uh, Mr. Microphone, like, you know, sing-along uh, Lion King things. I had all the viewfinder books. I had everything you could ever want. But the one thing that I didn't have that I really, really, really wanted was this talking Simba. 
And I, I remember seeing it at the, uh, at the old Walmart, uh, maybe even Roses back then. I remember seeing it at Walmart and thinking, I just got to get this Simba. And um, lo and behold, on, on Christmas uh, Eve, I got an early Christmas gift, and it was this talking Simba that to this day still talks. Now, I'm on, I'm on video, but don't take pictures of me because this might be a little, I'm not embarrassed by anything, of course. Um, but if you press his paw and his tail, I'm not going to get into that. But I wanted this so badly because I thought, you know what, if I just get this Simba, I can just play the whole movie, you know, all the time. So I got this toy and um, yeah, he, uh, he's, he has a special place in the closet because Lindsay doesn't like him to be on the bed. So, um, <laughs> so other things are on the bed. They're not mine though. So uh, um but uh, he had a special place on the top shelf in a closet. He, I don't know why he's not, I should put him somewhere else. But now I got this thing. He looks pretty good to be almost 30 years old, doesn't he? You know, he I, kept him, I kept him pretty well. But that's not the only thing I got that changed my life. Um, y'all know me. I, I'm, I'm in the technology. And, you know, back before every kid had a smartphone or a tablet, um, in, in the 90s, we had things called Game Boys. Now, I had a Game Boy uh, before. Uh, when I was 10 years old, I had, had a Game Boy. I destroyed it because I played it so much. Got another Game Boy, destroyed it because I played it so much, and then I, had, I, I needed another one, and now these things were cheap back in the day, uh, unlike stuff today, but I got this Game Boy, and it's so, um, the back of it fell off, so I'm using an older one, but when I was uh, 10 years old, I got this Game Boy uh, with, uh, with a copy of a game that I played all the time, and now back then there was no backlight, so you know, I'd have to have a worm light in the back of a car, and you know, I couldn't turn the light on because it was distracting when we were driving, but I got this when I was 10 years old, and I probably played it more than uh, anything else over the years, um, but I've kept it. Now, it's still if I put batteries in it, it would turn on, um, but it's not as, it wouldn't keep a kid entertained as much as the technology does today. But to me, this was just a window into a much larger world that for better or worse, uh, you know, has changed everything because technology and tablets and touchscreens and, and computers are everywhere now. But back then it was a rare thing to get to take something like this on the go. So 10 years old, I got this for Christmas, and I also got something else that year for Christmas, and y'all probably saw this coming, um, but I got the original Star Wars trilogy on VHS. Now, I don't know why the box is so beat up, because I don't know why, I guess I carried these movies around, because the movies, I, you know, I couldn't take them, couldn't watch them on the go. I didn't have one of those vans or whatever, but I uh, got the original Star Wars trilogy. I had just seen the one that had been recent, the new one that had been released in theaters, and I had uh, only watched the older ones when they were on TV, and all I wanted was, was the tapes to watch at home. Now, back then, and, and y'all know this, um, before streaming and before on-demand, that movies would get released and then they would get put in the vault and you wouldn't find them. And you couldn't find them. You couldn't just go to Walmart and buy a DVD or you couldn't just pull up Disney Plus or Netflix and watch it. So it was just, it was really hard to find these things. So finally for Christmas in, in 2000, I got the, the original trilogy um, on VHS. And these things really, um, if you know me to this day, they still kind of define a lot of who I am, right? I love Star Wars. I still I love technology, and, and, and I, I still love uh, stuffed animals. Now, <laughs> I, I love uh, Lion King and, and Disney, and, you know, of course, I, I uh, um, got to go to Disney World every once in a while. But y'all know me to this day. Um, those things were so, uh, so sought after when I was a kid, and they're still part of who I am. And, you know, I'm not embarrassed to say that. It's just something that really means a lot to me and, that, you know, hopefully will mean a lot to, to my family for years and years to come. Um, and, and it's so odd, it's so odd that things that you really thought would mean everything to you as kids, that sometimes those gifts still kind of have that magic, right? You can look at them, you can remember when you opened them, you can remember when you first got them, and you can remember the joy that you felt that was just unrivaled by any other moment or any other day of the year. And, you know, when I asked for these or I wanted these, you know, and I actually got them, I thought, 
you know, wow, this is everything. This makes everything right in the world. Now, little did I know what was really wrong with the world. Um, but, uh, you know, as great as these gifts are, as I've gotten older, I've realized that there are a few more important things in the world. Uh, if I could simply ask for a gift for Christmas that would solve the world's problems, I, I would probably ask for something different than these. Uh, and that would be something, wouldn't it? Uh, you know, if I could just ask for something like that to be solved as the bigger the problems are in the world. But when we're kids... We think our biggest problems will be brought to peace if we just get that one gift. And usually they hold us over until the next year. Now, don't you miss that naivety? And I know it might be, you know, it's just childish and, you know, you got to grow up sometime. But don't you miss that naivety that you had when you were a kid to actually believe that something like that could actually make all the problems go away? Don't you miss that romanticized assumption, even if it was kind of way off base? There's something pure and idyllic about being a kid on Christmas Eve and thinking tomorrow is going to change my life. And looking back, it wasn't even that we thought the gifts were going to do that. It was just the specialness of the day. It was family. It was just our hearts felt different that day, didn't they? And as we get older, we almost chide getting excited for Christmas because we know the truth, don't we? We know that Christmas is just a brief pause from the chaos, uncertainty, and tension that we bear every day. And if we're lucky, we get one day off or maybe two, but the inevitable grind restarts as soon as normalcy Uh, as soon as the next day or two comes. But what if, what if we could just for a moment, what if we could enter this Christmas with that childlike wonder of yore? What if we could do it all over again and enter this Christmas with that one wish that we had as kids, that one item that we wanted on our Christmas list that we think could just change the world? Knowing what you know now, knowing what we really need, what our greatest needs are, if we could go to bed in just a few nights on Christmas Eve with one prayer, with one dream, with one request, with one hope, if you could wake up on Christmas morning to one answer, to one dream come true, to one thing to check off the list, to open that one gift that would change everything, if you could get just one thing for Christmas that would do for your current heart, what those dream gifts did for your childhood, you. What would you ask for? I know we could go into all sorts of directions with this, but I think there's no better time to ask than this, that it is in a year like we've had. Because our greatest fears, our greatest needs and wants have been revealed this year, haven't they? Now, maybe you'd ask for an item, but I have a hunch you'd ask for something more abstract, something more elusive, not that you wouldn't be specific, but that you would be so specific that it would almost take an act of God to give you the wish that you really have, to give you the thing that you really want. Because it's probably otherwise unobtainable. It would take something God could only do to bring that into your life, into our world, into existence, and into reality. So I guess I say all this to get us to this to the same place, young or old. What do you really want for Christmas? I mean, if you could get anything, what do you really want? What do you want for Christmas more than anything else? Now, if I were to ask, uh, you know, Weston or, or, or my nieces or nephews, you know, they would tell you they want, you know, a toy car or a stuffed animal or a video game. That's what they really want. That's kind of what I really want too, but hey, beside the point. If I, if, if, if I could ask you, and you could get anything, I mean anything, not just the thing that you want, but if all of a sudden you had a, a wish that could come true, you had a dream that could come true, and anything that you wanted, 
Even the things that people don't even see are needs in your life. The holes in your heart. The void in your soul. If you could ask for anything, what would you ask for? Here's what I know. While we are aware of all that's wrong in the world, we're more aware and more familiar with what's wrong in our world, aren't we? And it's not that we don't care about the rest of the world. We are very concerned about our world because that's what wearies us and tires us and that's what wears us down. And would you believe, would you believe that Christmas does indeed offer you this gift that I think is universally sought after? Christmas offers a gift that is for all people. Now, that may sound too good to be true. It may sound like a fairy tale, but maybe, maybe those illusions of grandeur that we had as kids when Christmas drew near, maybe they're not too far off from the true spirit of Christmas after all. Maybe the wonderland that we wander into as kids is a path that God delights in us taking because it primes us to one day understand what Christmas is all about. It primes us into believing, or at least wanting to believe, that Christmas could really be about the impossible being made possible, the unlikely coming into reality. So that when we arrive at adulthood in a barren land of brokenness and sorrow all too plenty, we would have something inside of us that wants to believe, that is ready to believe, that is prone to believe that Christmas has the answer, Christmas has the gift, has the present we're all looking for, so that one day we could learn and believe and accept that Christmas gives us good news that is only found in its story. Even better than toys, gadgets, entertainment, Christmas brings us good news of great joy that is for all people, including you. This good news, this ultimate and universal Christmas gift can be summed up in four words. Christmas is for us. Christmas is for us, not as in our, at our disposal, for us to do what we want to with it, but as in at our defense. Christmas is for us. It's supporting us. It's defending us. Some might would say it saves us. For as in Christmas is about saving us from a world that doesn't have our best interest in mind, rescuing us from darkness and despair that we are so familiar with. Christmas signals to us all that we have an advocate, we have a defender, we have a savior. I imagine if you could ask for anything you wanted and receive it for Christmas this year, you'd ask for relief, for help, for peace for some area of your life that just can't get better on its own or nobody in this world can help you with it. Not just from what this year has brought you, but from what we face every day, every year. In the Christmas story, we are told, and it's portrayed, it's been portrayed so clearly for us a few minutes ago, we hear those familiar lines of Scripture. Unto you this day is born a Savior in the city of David. The Savior named Jesus will save his people from their sin. You shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. This is good news of great joy for all people, bringing peace on earth and goodwill to all men. What does that tell us? Christmas is for us because Christmas means God with us. And if God is with us, then God is for us. If God is dwelling alongside of us, God is for us as in he came to defend us. He came to save us, to do for us what we could not do for ourselves. You see, Emmanuel does not just mean God is by our side, though it does mean that. It means God is on our side. You know, growing up in church, I heard all the time, God loves me, God loves me, God loves me. But I began to wonder as I grew older, does God really like me? 
Y'all know what I'm saying? Sometimes we say, I love you, but we don't really like the person. We just kind of, well, I'm told to love them, and I'm told to hopefully I don't have to see them that much. As a kid, we hear God loves us, and we just begin to wonder, you know, I know God loves me, but does that mean he wants something to do with me? Or does that just mean that I have some sort of sentiment that's given to me from heaven that's supposed to make me feel better once a week? And that's what Christmas tells us very clearly. Christmas and Emmanuel doesn't just mean that God is by our side. He is on our side. As in Jesus came to stand by us when no one else was there. And he stands by you when nobody else can be there. Just consider the characters in the story of Christmas. Mary and Joseph, too, I'm sure, that were cast out from society because of their apparent sin, or it looked like a sin. They weren't given a place at the end. Maybe there was room. Maybe there just wasn't room for them. You ever thought about that? Because an innkeeper would have to be very careful to let unclean, unwed, unconventional sinners into his establishment. He cast them out with the sheep and the livestock, and their only visitors that starry night were a few fellow outcasts who weren't allowed to come in as well because they were unclean shepherds. But there in that feeding trough, there in that manger was God. Can you imagine that? Around these people that were cast out, that were not normal, that were not like everyone else, that weren't allowed in with everyone else. Around these people in that manger were animals usually pulled hay. In that manger was God. I know it's hard to imagine God as a baby, but come to think of it, it should be hard to imagine God as a person in general. He's way bigger and he's way better, and that's, you know, compared to what humans are known for, God really doesn't really fit in that category, does he? I mean, we're known for our deceit and our mischief and our greed and our hatred, our unfaithfulness, our rebellion, all things that God is far from, yet he came so close to us, he became one of us. He came by our side as the world had proven time and again it was not on God's side. Even the nation which God created and nurtured, it was clear that humanity would never take God's side. It would always side with sin and strife. But Christmas reminds us that our fate wouldn't be decided by which side we've taken. It shows us that God has taken our side. Do you hear that? Before you and I ever prayed a prayer of acceptance, before we ever sang a hymn of adoration, before anybody in the world ever said, I believe in Jesus, how about you? Before anybody ever said, I am choosing to follow Jesus, Jesus took our side. And he looked at the enemies. He looked at all the evil in the world and in the world to come. And he said, I dare you to try to touch my people. They may not accept me, but let me make it very clear ahead of time. I have accepted them. How can that be proven? I have become one of them. I am on their side, and nobody is bigger or more powerful and more defining than me. Why would he take our side? I mean, the Old Testament has 10 reasons why he would not take our side, as in we've broken the commandments. We have proven that we are not on God's side and that we can't even get to God's side. Why would God take our side when we are already not on his side or we're not ready to be on his side? Why would he? I mean, would you take somebody's side that has already told you they're not on yours? I don't think so. But God's love is so rich and so pure that we can't even fathom it. 
He created us. He purposed us. He has plans for us. And Christmas reminds us that though we've chosen the wrong side, God has come alongside us anyways. And his choice, his acceptance, his love for us is a gift that we can unwrap that can free us and save us. Because from the cradle, Jesus went to the cross where he would fight for us to the death. He said on trial to Pilate, for this purpose I was born, for this purpose I've come into the world, to bear witness to the truth. And what is the truth? For God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son that whoever believes in him, whoever receives this gift of life, has everything they could ever need. Freedom from sin, freedom from bondage, his suffering in his blood release us from what we deserve. God with us, God for us, means that we can be saved, we can be made new. So I don't know. I don't know what you'd ask for if you could be a child again. Yet knowing and aware of all that's wrong in your current world. But if you've ever found yourself wondering and hoping that you and the God of the universe could walk hand in hand. If you've ever found yourself wondering if you and God can have a relationship, be reconciled, and be together. If you've ever found yourself wondering, can I be forgiven? Can I be freed? Can I be saved from shame and sorrow and sin and strife? If you've ever found yourself wondering if there's hope from the bondage of this world, Christmas has a very clear message for you. You can accept it. You don't have to accept it. But the goodness of God is that he made it available for everybody. Would you go out and liquidate your entire possessions? so that you could afford a gift for someone that you don't even know if they're going to want it, let alone like it? Of course you wouldn't. You hesitate buying your kids a gift because you don't know if they'll actually like it or appreciate it. I don't blame you. We just don't understand how much God loves us, do we? Perhaps we never will. But Christmas is an annual reminder of just how rich and just how pure and just how great his love is for you, for me, for our enemies. Christmas has the perfect gift for you. Christmas is for you. God is with us. And if he is with us, then God is for us. Don't let anybody ever tell you otherwise. Romans chapter 8, verse 28. For we know that all things work together for the good, for those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. How do we know? Because Christmas has made it clear to us that God is for us. For whom he foreknew, he predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren, as in Jesus was born, so that we might enter the family of God with him. Moreover, those he predestined, he called, he called, he justified. Those he justified, he will glorify, as in bring us to heaven one day. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him freely give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is it that condemns? It is Christ who died and furthermore is risen. Who is at the right hand of God interceding for us? 
intercedes for you when someone accuses you, intercedes for you when you accuse yourself. Who shall separate us from the love of God? Shall tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, or peril? Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through Him who loves us. For I am persuaded, neither death nor life, angels, principalities, powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. If you're not persuaded, Christmas should be enough to tip you over the edge. I pray that we can all experience what Christmas is all about today, tomorrow, every day. I pray that we all know and live under the promise and power of Christmas. You know, our problems might not go away. They might not change. But our desperation and duress can find hope and find relief. No matter what, we can find salvation under the peace and in the presence of Jesus Christ. Don't ever believe the lie the enemy tells you. Always remember the Christmas promise. God is with us. God is for us. Jesus is the Savior we need. Your Savior, my Savior, the Savior of the whole world. That's what Christmas is all about. To punctuate it better than I can, uh, Lindsay's going to go up and sing us a song that's all about the love of God. I pray that whatever you're facing this year, whatever you might be dealing with today, I pray that the Christmas promise and the Christmas power and the Christmas presence could break those chains and those barriers that we've got in our hearts and can take us back to that childlike wonder that we had before. That childlike wonder that believed that Christmas could change everything. And I pray that you would just whisper a prayer with me as Lindsay sings. I pray that you would whisper a prayer with me and say, God, if Christmas is really about the impossible being made possible, you know what I have decided is impossible for my heart. But I'm believing that you're going to make it possible this year whether it's a sin, whether it's some sort of shame or sorrow, whether it's some sort of agony, whether it's some sort of burden, God hears you and God is near to you and God is for you. So would you let Christmas be for you this year? It can change your life. Let me pray for you. Father, I love you. Thank you for this opportunity to be in your house today. Thank you for Christmas. Thank you for the reminder that Christmas is for us even when we're not for you. Christmas comes to save us even when we don't want to be found. Lord, I pray because your Holy Spirit is so powerful. He brought Jesus into the world, into a situation that should have never been uh, happened. He brought angels to the sky. He did miracle after miracle. Your Holy Spirit is so powerful. I can't convince somebody. I can't persuade somebody. Nobody else can, but you can. You can open the heart of someone and show them that Christmas is for them. You love them and you have a purpose for them. You have peace for them. You have freedom from them. Lord, may they unwrap this gift today and not let this Christmas go by without being where they need to be with you, receiving and relishing and enjoying the promise and presence of Christmas. May everybody in this house today and that's watching may have a clear reminder today 
that nobody will ever love them like Jesus loves them. Christmas is proof. We ask this in his amazing name. Amen.